the smell of napalm in the morning. Smell! You know that gasoline smell? Smells like... Victory. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in. Him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in him. Welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Arnold, Greg Pappas in the studio. We have Matt Byrne on the board, as we do every Monday. Um, actually, no ice, no snow, no stuff today. It was uh, so far, uh, but we're actually above freezing. So um, I guess all is good in Chicago. Would you say, Greg? I mean, what the hell? The, the uh, clear skies. Even the Looks Bulls. Nice. Yeah, even the Bulls won last night. So uh, what do you think of what do you think of the football? <laughs> it was like some good games. I mean, yeah. He, uh, a little bit of a meltdown with with Detroit, but slow, controlled demolition. Big Mo, yeah. Big Mo, the uh, uh, the what Purdy had a thirty nine rating in the first half, and everybody was kind of calling for his throat. And, and then they were tied in the third, I think. That yeah, was just complete turnaround. Not I don't great th- adjustments from the Lions. I uh, boy, I, you know, you don't ever want to be right when when you're kind of critical of somebody, but. I think this guy Campbell. I watched. I don't for whatever reason. I couldn't get a read on that second game because I only really watched the 49ers maybe once this year. It was like last week. Uh, they might have caught him one other time, but yeah, I caught him during their losing streak. And uh, but Detroit, obviously, I've watched him a bunch of times. They played the Bears and whatever. And I, this guy strikes me as I sent last week. It wasn't like I just saying it today. He's in terms of uh, building a team, having people playing tough recognizing talent and having a team that will walk through a wall for you the guy looks to me like a spectacular coach as a game day coach he reminds me a lot of is, is Ray Meyer they could have been mean, the older they could have really kept their foot on the gas but it happens but I mean he had, he they're had, not used to being there that's for sure they're <laughs> they're the opposite of Kansas City well you know he reminds me of a little bit as, as the guy who's coaching Notre Dame Whenever you say you have this reputation of being aggressive, you almost like to, you, you become your own worst enemy, because now you have to be aggressive, even a, even in a situation where you're not, where you shouldn't be. Notre Dame coached that when we yeah. played. Uh, Ohio I think State. Olson was trying to say that to people during the game. Yeah, I don't know if he had the sound turned up. I think or he's not, really good, but he was. Wait, talk about a guy that came up there fast, eh? Yeah. Olson. Yeah, he he did a good job and. 
they're <laughs> they were trying to tell us hey it's subtly i think <laughs> this might not he's he's not the greatest uh game time coach well he was at one point this year wasn't he like 0 for 8 or 0 for 10 on challenges mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that and they are they were i think first in going for it in on those fourth down scenarios well, I don't know if you remember, I don't remember the exact situation. I'm sure Kevin, if I'm wrong, will nudge me somehow. Um, but the uh, the coach, when the Irish were playing Ohio State this year. And the coach in Notre Dame said, we're going to be aggressive. Sure enough, on like the first drive, they have a great drive all the way down the field. I think it was the first drive. And they get down somewhere, and it's fourth and one. Instead of kicking the field goal, they went for it and didn't get there. Didn't get it, because I'm sitting there going, don't tell me this guy is going to make a really stupid decision because he told people he was going to be aggressive. Now feels he has to be. And sure yeah. enough, sure enough, they lost by. Th- I think they lost by three. I mean, it's, you can't do that. Uh, I mean, the pressure is different for those. Yeah, I I think that they should have probably just done what everybody else had done, would have done, and that probably would have changed the outcome. I think at least going into half, right? Well, you definitely. You don't want anything, anything dumb on your part to be a, uh, a game changer, like a goal line stand where they stop you at fourth and one and you don't get any points or something. That, that's a momentum game changer, and you don't want to give one of those away. Right. You just do your like my guys were texting back and forth last night about you know going on fourth down like against the 49ers. and he goes, my buddies go, the the, the stats, the the, the 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 miraculous. I'll take a shot. Miraculous people like you in the AI ether world of stats in, in sports now, they're supposed to drive everybody's decision. When, the, when somebody says, you're way better off on fourth and one or something, or fourth and a half, going for it, no matter where you are in the field. Do you know, speaking of stats and stuff, Mahomes had the worst regular season of his career. We had the, we had the worst receivers of his career. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, for the first half of the season, those guys couldn't catch. Right. And then he, he lost the one guy to Miami. He was his number well, he probably was his number one guy, even with Kelsey. So Taylor Swift gets to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, he 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 also, he didn't, <laughs> he avoided all the sacks. I mean, he was like last behind Josh Allen. Yeah, well, but I get, what I'm saying is, the question is: Are the, the stats that tell you that run around like? But they, but they tell is there you a stat for running around with your head. Yeah, what well, I'm saying. Is, but does the stat tell you? Okay, the stat says go for it on fourth and one. Does the stat tell you go for it against San Francisco on fourth and one, or against Jerry's kids, or just any regular team? I mean, every team's got to be different, right? Yeah. When when you look at, I would say the matchup along the line is probably the deciding factor, or at least the matchups that. Whoever, if they sub in some different people and and there's, you just go right at them. But if it's a, if it's a playoff quality or a Super Bowl quality team, you got to think twice about you know being smarter than. Oh uh, yeah. Than, yeah. But but it's it, it's so interesting. I I think it's to the point where, when you see the story with Kelsey, I mean the guy's got good hands and he's pretty fast though for an older dude, but. Uh, I don't think those guys, when, when the defense is, uh, they turn into a zone. I don't think that he even has a pattern. He just runs to the open spot. Yeah. I mean, he just, I mean, it, whenever he sees a safety or somebody shift, he just knows where he's going, and, and Mahomes knows where he's going too. 
And that, that's that's where you have to get to. I mean, when I used to, well, this is what I talk about, I used to coach touch. And, and uh, t- touch in some ways is more difficult than, than regular football because the quarterback's eligible. And, uh, well, he is in the shotgun in football too, but the quarterback can be receiver a lot. So you actually have more more pieces that are moving. And your and your blocking backs go out in a pattern a lot. Okay, so but it's, you actually have like six receivers really, and uh, so, but the idea is, you sh- if you have a tight end, I mean you should just, I mean, you, if you get to the point where you're really tight with him, when I say tight mentally, um, if all of a sudden you see that guy, even if you call a short a short play, if he sees the safety going to double up on your wide receiver, he's got to keep going. As soon as you see the safety move, you should know that he sees the safety move, and all of a sudden it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a ten yarder anymore. It's a, it's a, it's a deep, deep seam pass. So I mean, I think him and Kelsey have been around so long that they just, they, they each call the play when they see the zone move. And that's good because they really depend on that. Yeah. Uh, more than twenty yard play to, to make up for their kind of sloppiness, all the way down the field. But it's not like somebody brilliant in the in the booth called a fifteen yard down and out, and he's open. I don't think that's what they're doing at all. I think he's recognizing the defense and going where there isn't somebody. Yeah, that's similar to what Gronk did with Brady. Yeah, it's very similar. They they know how. And that's what uh, whenever you see the the uh, the, the slot backs or, or Mahaffey, how do you pronounce his name? Uh, Mahaffey. That's what he does when he's in the pattern. Yeah, he just goes for the open spot, and it, you know, in a man to man, it's harder to do. Then again, a man to man, you know, if you <laughs> you can get people open, so it's I mean, it's really tough to play defense in the NFL for God's sake, and it, against the really. But the whole key is, if if you didn't have an offensive line that could block people, Kelsey wouldn't be in the pattern at all. He'd be like in the Bears where you're you're blocking somebody, right? Yeah, and they can't. Similar to I guess it was the Dolphins. You know, they were very. There was a lot of blown, blown plays that they need to really iron out before the Super Bowl. I think, I think they're the defense is going to have a field. Well, you're going to, but you, the other guys are so good. You're, you're going to have plays that look like they're blown that you just, you know, it's, it's not like the other people aren't don't know what they're doing. Yeah, if you oh. miss the snap or if you get a penalty that takes out your touchdown, you know that's. What about that the poor guard who had penalties back to back to holding? Yep, yep. I don't know why. I, I well, because he held the guy. Well, <laughs> two times in a row, dog. Maybe, maybe there was something that was going to happen if he didn't hold them, and he just didn't want somebody to get killed. Or explain, explain to me why that guy who clotheslined Mahomes with an intent to injury why wasn't he tossed? Yeah, I, I don't. It just seems like. It seems like the refs are betting on games, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. What about the guy who landed on Brock Purdy with his with his helmet and, and come to give him the bloody lip and everything? That was how's how's no penalty there? If that was Mahomes, I think they would he would have been crying and he would have gotten something. Like Mahomes got clotheslined, yeah. And they, they, they what they call a penalty, but that guy should have been thrown out. Yeah. That was the most dangerous play I've seen in football this year. Where you grab a guy with a face mask and yank his head back. I haven't seen that since they used to be able to clothesline people. <laughs> yeah. LT. Yeah. So what do you think of, uh, well, the worst was when uh, they clotheslined, uh, what the hell's his name? The guy who was the announcer for 100 years. Uh, Frank Gifford. He didn't play the whole next season. 
I missed that hit. Well, yeah, it was, but I mean, Gotta it, look it just went around the guy just, I mean, he was a Joe Carrick, somebody, Canaric, and he was laughing about it after he did it. He was laying on the ground. His li- eyes were back in his head. Oh. Yeah. He thought it was funny. He kicked out, he, 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 he knocked out the, their best player. Yikes. Yeah. They had some interesting creatures he used to play in those days. Out for blood. Yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, what do you, so, uh, we got the market doing what it's doing. We're, we've crept back into a plus here. It appears the Fed's starting to put some money in. We talked last week about... Um, it seems China fell apart. Yeah. The debt, Evergreen, Evergrande debt is... Or I guess they're going to go into bankruptcy. They're just going to liquidate. As yeah, of today, John Flanagan's going to have a good report on yeah, that. Yeah, they're going to liquidate. And surely, sure enough, S&P doesn't care at all. No. We're basically unch this morning. I think at the most last night we were maybe down quarter of a percent yeah and we you know and uh market doesn't care at all i think well it's, it doesn't because it's you look at the venezuelan market and in venezuelan dollars it's up even though the country's country you might get apart. a little bit of rally rally in the treasuries but you know, that's that's about it yeah i uh currencies aren't moving what's the kind of a non-event i think we've discounted whatever whatever problems they have there i think it's we just Shrugged it off where and said, you, "All right, next." Where do you stand? I've I've talked. You no, know, you're you know a younger dude. The Vix is still. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cares. Without without fl- flipping us any stats, because you like to fall back on the stats. You're one of those kind of guys. But it seems to me there's one or two things that happen. And I can't figure out which. The economy right now. I mean, I listen this weekend. You know, listen to various different radio shows. Virtually everybody's saying the economy came to a screeching halt. Not a halt, but a slowdown in January. Everywhere. I mean, in terms of people being laid off and things, that all of a sudden the spending and stuff in January. Now, the December was pretty good, but now we're talking about January is, is, is not. Now, whether that's true or not, we'll, we will see. But we're starting to see a slowing, I think, in the economy to some degree. Even though they came out with that GDP number with, with the fake deflator and all that stuff last week, in my opinion, fake deflator. Now, one of two things, and I have an article somewhere buried in here. It says, don't worry about a recession. First of all, they're not going to call it a recession. And secondly, they're going to pump enough money into where the market will continue to go up, even though the health of regular people might not go up. Or I think you down. can, the better predictor of the stock market would be to look at the individuals and say that the, with $10 million and more and see what the best incentives are for them. That's right. And then you can kind of predict in terms of equities and, and how bonds move, those are, or I guess bonds would be more politics and then stocks would be, you can, the the health of the S&P or the direction of the S&P can be better forecast by looking at the balance sheet or the individual motivations from a person, you know, in the top 1%, more so than you can looking at any employment data. Well, I, I understand that. What, what, what my point is, if the economy starts to degrade, even more so than some people are saying, some people, uh, if well, it starts to degrade... My definition of the economy, I guess, is different. So. Well, that's, that's my point. Can, can this, how long we, can the stock market be different than, quote, the economy, in a lot of people's minds? Or can it be different over a long period of time? So, in my tiny head, um, what I kind of look at is... What are regular people buying, and how's it doing, versus what are 
one percenters buying and how how's it doing and then I, I base stocks on that so my kind of barometer is something like Apple so if Apple's doing okay everybody's got an Apple then then that's my gauge for the economy now the S&P is my one percent gauge so I, you know I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you at all I'm quite my the only thing is that, that that happened once in the 20s and it didn't work out so hot can it go that way forever I mean what's the time on that did one one to five percent of the people can be on one ship going one way and the other 90 or 95 one a ship going the other way I mean uh I guess you know well some of the, some of the crazy stuff I read it I, for, read. and my my response to that would be for the S&P I don't think it matters that much so they could continue to go up even if kind of we, we can be Venezuela or the Weimar Republic of course okay yeah I, I think the answer is Apple could. might go down because everybody buys Apple but in terms of overall something's just going to take its place so, so like NVIDIA can be 900, 1500, 2000, whatever it is, just pick a number. Uh, no, I think those might get wrecked because not everybody, you know, buys those. I think the rebalance would probably be something like, you know, you get the more traditional, I guess, consumer staple companies and stuff that go back up and those companies come down. All right. So something, I think real estate is real light in those right now. And those would probably come up with inflation, and Nvidia and and Apple would probably lose a whole bunch of customers, so they might come down. But you know, that's that that would tank the the index for until it re kind of rebounds. We're kind of on two separate subjects. When I say that is, when you start talking about stocks being seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve times revenue. Doesn't matter if you got any any customers. They don't. That's why they're ten times revenue, right? When I say re- don't have any customers, they have all kinds of customers. But the customers per per the stock price is what I'm trying to say. Well, I don't know. Last time I looked at Apple, it was like thirty times earnings. Okay, or was that which is high for Apple? Yeah, it's high for Apple. But I'm not talking about. I, I, I somewhere along the line, Greg, and judge me on this. Just going back to 2000, where everything collapsed. I, st- I st- stopped looking at like Microsoft was higher, I think. When when? Microsoft in terms of PE, I think Microsoft. Uh, yeah, okay. Was what, what I what I stopped doing, not stopped. I started looking more at revenue per share than on PE. Yeah, that's a good one too. Because I mean, when Cisco got to sixty-five or something in two thousand or two thousand and one, it was a roughly eleven times revenue. Yeah, Re- they're just. I mean. Nobody's on that same planet in terms of revenue, though. Well, sure they are. Without a doubt. Without a doubt they are. Uh, NVIDIA, Lululemon, go right down the list. They're 10, 12 times revenue. They're, well, they're I'm talking re- about nominal revenue numbers. When when you've got, um, I don't know, what is it? It's like, per. what's the, just the nominal numbers. It's like 25 or, for NVIDIA, I think it's like, what, 26 billion in revenue? It's, it's I'm talking about revenue per per share. I've got Netflix is uh, seven point seven uh, times revenue. That's a lot for a retailer. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge amount. Yeah, doesn't mean I'm only short Netflix. It goes up every day. <laughs> I mean, carried out if I did that. But I mean, it's what, I mean, what's the number? I mean, it, when you talk about 
customers and things like that, will they retain their customers? The question is, what but customers? Even, even between, say, reven- revenue from Apple and revenue from uh, NVIDIA, nominally, Apple has, like, what, 10 or 20 times the amount of, of revenue? Yeah. It's... Yeah, you always got to drop it down to revenue per share, I think, but in one man's opinion. I, when you get up to that, yeah, it, it, I think it does make a difference because Apple has $100 billion in earnings and NVIDIA barely has $25 I billion. don't disagree. Yeah. So what I'm, what I'm saying is when you in, look at the revenue numbers, revenue. You're, you're telling people that when the revenue per share is, uh, is let's say, 10, you know, the, rate, the, 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 rate, the ratio... For a company like, uh, you know, let's put it this way, for a company like PTI, we we could triple easy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but how do, how does how does Nvidia or Netflix double? Or what, triple? what people are saying is Nvidia is is going to be call it half the size of Apple at some point. I think is what they're trying to bet on. Okay. When you look at market cap and, and in terms of of they could be as important as Apple, and I think that's what's driving. I, and, you know. and, and you know what? That, that, well, you led me right down. In 2000, I did this study, believe it or not. I took the top 10 firms at the time, and it was uh, Cisco, it was Oracle, it was Microsoft, Dell, Intel. Yeah, and there you know, it is. It's uh, NVIDIA's total revenue was, was $26 billion in yeah. 2023. Apple's, uh, Apple's, let's see, if you look at Apple's, uh, yeah, but they're totally different businesses. Apple, I, I got you, but but nominally, Apple's earnings were were just under a hundred billion in 2023. So the revenue of Nvidia was one quarter of Apple's actual earnings. Right. Like, so they're just buying the stock, saying, "Okay, well, <laughs> the, this is going to be that important." But it's but, it, but it's got. It has no, no ability now to have revenue ten years down the road like Apple does. Some people with apps and everything. I mean, they're totally different. Well, my my point is, is what I did in two thousand, Greg. And this is this is the part. I'm I'm, I'm never going to. You know that you've been on here with me enough. I'm never going to say short Nvidia. You're wrong. I'm, I'm never going to say that. What I'm saying is is I had the same study I did in two thousand. I took ten stocks, the top ten, and looked at their revenue per share and their PE ratios. And said, for them to grow into their stock price, this is what has to happen to their revenue. And I did all ten of them, and I looked at the amount of sales they would have to do to, to my, and to my opinion, to grow into the stock price. The entire economy would have had a triple. We're talking about huge com- companies. I mean, if, I mean, if if you're talking about Nvidia, you're talking about uh, Google, those things. And Google's not that over, not that price that high. But if you look at some of these things. And, and, and they all have to triple. You sit there and go, who the hell's going to buy all this stuff? I mean, I mean you really are talking. I mean, I, any single one of them, you are correct. That three, four years from now, NVIDIA could be ten times the size they are now. And they look back at some show we did, and I'm sitting there going, God, these guys are a little high. And they go, this guy was an idiot. Because, by the way, now now it's trading 1,000, and their P ratio is 20. And they're, well, and they're, you know. making, it, making it simpler... The market thinks that Apple is worth roughly three trillion. They think that Nvidia is is worth roughly one and a half trillion. I think. Yeah. And the when you look at down to the earnings, uh, 
Nvidia is only a quarter, whereas the the market cap says it's a it's a half. Right. So, relative to each other, I don't know. They're of course we could just we could just degrade the dollar more and, and prop them up again. We could do it that way like we did this time. Make the dollar worth half as much, then they go up another half as much. And right. You go up some more. Yeah. Anyway, S and P futures up four. S and P futures up thirty seven. Um, by the way, for those that don't know, we're, we're actually at PTI. We are are starting now that there's more demand for it. There wasn't for a while. We're starting to do more on our futures side. Uh, one point back in the in the day, we were forty percent futures, and then all of a sudden nobody wants to trade futures. But now there's been somewhat of a an increase in interest in that. So we're going to ex- be expanding that area. Uh, and we're also expanding our mo- our money management area. For those of you that uh, maybe don't think this year is going to be the same as last year, which is I'm in that camp. Anyway, SP Futures up three, NASDAQ Futures up 38. Uh, be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading options ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR innovation and human resources license in illinois hello this is tom Howell, the chief confused about investing these days i suspect you are not alone investing was never easy although at times it may have seemed so i think one reason behind the current concern although maybe not explained as such is how the fluctuation in the american dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth may not be enough to make some money in your investments you may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. 
To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom We got Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up three now. NASDAQ Futures up 35. We're, we've been up all morning. We were down a little last night. And then uh, that, that kind of turned around. Uh, but it, it did turn around. Yesterday, or on Friday, we actually were down. Uh, the Dow was, well, the Dow was up 60. S&P was down three. NASDAQ down 55. But that didn't really tell the tale because the NASDAQ Futures dropped like almost 125 right in the last, after the close. So the Futures were down more than the, than the market was. But... Most people just look at the market. Uh, the traders look at the futures. So anyway, uh, DAX down 86.5%. FTSE up 10.1. CAC around down three. Call that flat. So no, in, no real indication from there. Nikkei up 275.8%. 36,026. Hang Seng up 125. So it's hanging over uh, 16,000. 16,077. Shanghai down 27.9%. Evergrande shares halt. Uh, Hong Kong court orders liquidation. You're out liquidation. I don't who's gonna buy any of this crap? That's that's another good question. Uh bonds down five basis points four point one one. The bun down five basis points two point two five. Japan unchanged at point seven two. We've got oil up a whole five cents, seventy eight oh six, but I'm gonna say there's a Greg, is this uh did it break out of the range or we got a new range here? It's certainly not uh seventy to seventy four. I'm gonna say we got a new range. Probably new 70. range alert. Yeah but I don't, or do you think it's a breakout? Well, that's what a new range is. Well, I mean, is it going to go to 85, uh, keep going, or is we we locked in a new $3 spot just a little higher? Time will tell, I guess. Brent up $0.03, cents, uh, 83.58. Natural gas down $0.21, cents, 2.50. Wow. Uh, our Bob, I guess it's the warm weather that you feel, relatively warm compared to 10 below a week ago. Our Bob down a penny, 2.28. We've got gold, a little bit of a bounce here today, up 12.20, 2,029. Still doesn't look like it's going to make it back to 2050, much less 2100. I wish it would, but it's not going to. It doesn't appear. Silver up 29 cents, 23.16. Copper unchanged, 385. We've got Bitcoin up 350, back up 42,222. It ducked under 40, and now it's come right back. Uh, the U.S. dollar uh, kind of mixed. It's up a little bit against the euro. The euro's down to 1083. It's down a little bit against the British pound. The British pound to 127. So uh, the, Brit- the dollar is certainly off its lows. Um, it's heading back up here a little bit. Matt, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. A lot of sports. Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, good morning, everyone. Currently 6.39 a.m. on uh, January 29th, 2024. As far as weather in Chicago, we're looking at 28 degrees currently with a high of 43 today. Uh, cloudy skies are expected. Uh, tonight, though, a mix of rain and snow, so a, a good night to stay in. Down in Phoenix, Arizona, mostly clear skies. 52 degrees currently, a high of 77 and mostly clear skies. Of course, yesterday in the NFL, the conference championships took place. In the AFC, Chiefs beat Ravens 17-10. Over the NFC, Lions lost to 49ers 31-34. So we got an ouchie. Back to you. We have Mr. Flanagan. We do indeed. John, how are you? I'm good. Good morning. We can barely hear him. We have to turn you up here. Yeah, turn him up. 
turn him up. <laughs> Not Silence and John. Uh, now, now let's hear you. How, how, how am I coming in? Now you're coming in loud and clear, loud and clear. Good. <laughs> Roger, 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 as they say in the movie. So, so did you pick a bad day to, to stop amphetamines? God, what a great yeah. What a great but, flick. Well, just, just to stay awake, Tommy. This weather's really got me down. I'm oh, like, God. Well, you, you got to get out more, you know? Well, I'm going to walk to the liquor store. Does that count? Okay. <laughs> why, can't you, why can't you get it delivered, you know? The, uh... I've done that, too. I oh. did it when it was, you know, 12 below or whatever. That's, so. a, that's a new low to get the booze yeah. delivered. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I, I know that it's, it's the, the end game, Tommy. Oh, man. It, literally. <laughs> um <laughs> Hey, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. We had a bunch of people from, but I have a question for you. Since you're you're our, our our sage over the over whole society, when you see, and I'm not trying to equate the two, but you see the the incredible is is this thing that happened Friday in downtown Chicago? Is this finally the straw that's broke the camel's back, like the St. Valentine's Day? For those know what the hell I'm talking about, at noon on Friday downtown, there's a charter high school. These people walk out for lunch, these kids. The two cars show up, guys jump out of the cars, and essentially assassinate two of the guys in the middle of the street. It's like, it was like a mob hit, for God's sake, out of the Godfather. Yeah, and then go in and change their clothes or whatever to yeah, avoid but, detection. So. And, uh, but, of course, we get cameras out the behind everywhere. We can't find anybody. I don't know if these guys are ever going to be arrested. I doubt it. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, I on a smaller scale, John, I was driving around this weekend, and I headed south, and I was... I had a couple of people, Stevenson had a little bit of an issue on the way out, a couple of people buzzed by on the shoulder at like 70 miles an hour. Two idiots did the same thing on LaGrange Road. And we're not, we're not talking about gangbangers. We're talking about white people in nice cars. And then I get on 123rd and I'm going, the speed limit in one spot's 30. I'm doing f- like 42 and two guys passed me in the double lanes going like 65, double, double yellow lines. Now these, are, these are older white people. Are, are, have we reached the point now where it's that nobody wants, is this a whole generation, not older, I mean, they're middle-aged, where a whole generation has never been told no and it's all about them? I mean, if, if you showed up as a mayor or a governor or a president and said, you know, we're going to force these laws, would anybody want anybody? That, everybody wants to do whatever they want, it seems to me. I mean, we are. Are we a reflection? Are we a reflection? Our government is a reflection of us. I think. Well, per- permissiveness, you know, at all corners, you know, becomes ingrained after a while, such that you, it's really hard to ratchet it back or make people see it as excessive or, you know, costly or counterproductive or dangerous. Everybody is, is willing to take risks because they they feel that you know what's the point of not taking a risk? You're not going to get. Um, you know, an award for driving safely, and if nobody's going to pull you over for driving you know, 20, 30, 40 miles over the speed limit, why not do it? I've got places to be. You know, I've got. Well, you don't do it because it's gotta... you don't do it because it's unsafe. Yeah, well, that doesn't you know, that part of the calculus doesn't seem to be very persuasive, Tom. You know, and it it used to be all you know compelling. It, the, the safety factor, the forget courtesy, but just safety. Was you was supposed to be uppermost in people's minds on the road. Well, the reason why this area is thirty miles an hour is because there's schools and houses and stuff. Isn't isn't that supposed to be the mental? So get, this is talking about pissed off, John. Here, I, after after dodging these people in traffic, 
I get into my mailbox, I open up this ticker, and I get a, a thing from Evergreen, Village of Evergreen Park, where I grew up. They want $100 for me going through a red light camera. Right? <laughs> so I, I view the video. Now, this is unappealable, right? Because a, a, a policeman... Right. A policeman has already approved this. I'm at 87th in uh, Kedzie, and it's a red light, and I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm making a right turn, and I will say, I I didn't. I might. I made it down to like one mile per hour, and then made the right turn because the other guys had the arrow. There was nobody coming. They are correct. I didn't come to a 100% complete stop, yet it ha- it couldn't have been a mile per hour. It had to be slower than that. This is this is after dodging all these morons on the shoulders and double yellow lines and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I saw the guy in front of me tailgate some guy so much he, he should have introduced himself. I, I was reminded of the Mike Royko article that what he really wanted, if he had enough money, was to have a, a trunk where somebody was that close to you, the trunk would open up and a big machine gun would appear. And, and the, he figures that would back the guy off some. Maybe not today, probably even wouldn't, you know, but... Uh, it's crazy world, and yet the police are happy getting their hundred hours from a red light camera instead of getting out and doing anything. And what it, we are—I was uh, read an article, Janet. We talked about it a year ago, maybe. I don't think Greg was here. Said why? Why are people? You look at a lot of society; they have nothing but credit card debt. Uh, matter of fact, last week I heard the credit card debt at banks is growing faster now than bank deposits from people. That, that is about as scary as it gets. And that the, the people are living so beyond their means, why are they going to be critical of a government Government that's living behind their means and giving them money? It's a reflection. I mean, is it really or isn't it? I mean, it, it, it is. Do we, it do is we really want a Solomon or a Caesar or somebody to say, hey, look, this is crazy, we're going to change all this? Do, do we really want, what was the one mayor? Chicago ain't ready for reform yet. Yeah, well, and, and not ready. I mean, they're, they're pretty much hostile to it too. Yeah, I think. They, they like things this way, Tom. Really, and, and and you're right. We are a reflection. You know, we kind of we always kind of get the government we deserve or the government we deep down expect to have, um, and aren't willing to make demands for anything better than that because we 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 don't want the light to shine on us too strongly sometimes because we are part of the problem. We've let this happen, and we now feel like you know this is this is sort of a it, 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 you know the perfect storm of people are furious about everything, and they're, they're looking for somebody to direct anger against, and they're just you know itching for you know somebody to yell at or scream at, um, and this is why road rage you know is an everyday thing now. I mean, I, I watched something unfold, you know, looking out my front window yesterday between a delivery truck and a car. That went on for 15 minutes. You know, epic screaming and yelling and hot running up and down the street. I thought, well, you know, how how can anybody you know make money in the business if this is the way your drivers are harassed? If you try to just drop off groceries and you got clowns who are interfering in the process, no cops in sight. A couple people, I'm sure, were calling the cops, but nothing happened. What, where where but, are but this they? This is kind of where where this where, where, where are, are these? Where where is the police? I mean, if you if you uh, or driving once in a while on the north side, I'm driving home, and and you'll see, uh, you never see anybody. I mean, people rolling through stoplights, stop signs. I mean, and I, I don't ever want to think of a, of a bicyclist getting hit or killed or anything like that. 
Yet the first time I see a bike, bicycle stop for a red light, maybe a red light, or stop sign will be the first time I ever see it. So I don't, I don't see how it doesn't happen ten times a day, to be honest with you, but it, once in a while it happens. So then all of a sudden, if there's, if there's a call-out for something happens, you know, a robbery or whatever, all of a sudden 15 spots appear. Where, are, where do they come from? Are they hiding people's garages or what? <clears throat> I live near the 17th District headquarters on Pulaski Road, and... The, the you know the building was constructed like 15 years ago or so and it's like every other district headquarters in the city huge you know state-of-the-art building but the building is a very small part of the total footprint of the police department's property along the street um there's a block long parking lot that, that usually has 50 to 60 police vehicles parked in it all, all orderly in their spaces and they've got the, the exits and entrances to this parking lot you know, configured in such a way that you can only come in or out of one exit onto Pulaski and not the cross street. So if if you really had to like get people in or out of there pretty fast, it's not it's never set up to do that. And I don't know where all these drivers for these cars are, but there's enough vans there to police, you know, the seventeenth district pretty well if they have the personnel or if they have the desire to send these people out. There's there's plenty of vehicles sitting there all the time, I know that. Well, why aren't they doing more? Is I think everybody's question. You almost get to what we get to. The, your, your point is: Do you? Re- I mean, we talk about the finance side all the time. We talk about the money supply. We're talking about inflama- in, you know, inflation this year. Is the Federal Reserve willing to pump more money into the system in an election year so nothing bad happens at least for a while in terms of market going down or I'll say the, the, the nominal numbers telling people how good everything is as in last week GDP. Up three percent was supposed to drop more than that. It didn't. Uh, now you look at the deflator. <coughs> deflator was what two? And eh, eh, eh. I, I don't buy that. I haven't bought it for twenty years. But you know, so what? Nobody's listening to me. Uh, the point being is, um, do we really want to solve all this stuff? We had uh, the Iranians drop a bunch of drones on some place in Jordan at the same time. Now that we're for those who haven't seen. Uh, the Illinois is sending 300 National Guardsmen over to be deployed in this Operation Operation uh, Spartan Shield. And it's hard to even remember all this stuff. Now, this has been an ongoing operation since 2016, where we have these bases in Jordan and Syria and places, and in Saudi, where we've, we're manning all these people over there. So we've got guys in harm's way, guys and, and ladies, um, We've got it. Does anybody even know that or care about it? I mean, really. So all of a sudden, something like this happens. And Iran allegedly is flexing their muscles. But the area, I don't know if it's all just them or not them. We can't just say every single time somebody shoots at us, it's an Iranian person. Because Syria's a mess. Iraq's a mess. Uh, Iraq is a mess. Probably would have been a mess anyway when Saddam died, even if we didn't go in there. But you don't know that. Syria's a total mess. Lebanon's a mess. I mean, the area is a disaster, and we've got people there. And yet, Iran is, you know, allegedly behind everything, which I don't know about that necessarily, because it, there are people who seem to be getting arms from North Korea and other places in China as well. And I don't, someplace, somewhere, Jan, whoever it is, and I don't, I don't really care, well, I can't vote for either one of these people going for president, but the, I don't, I don't see how... We can't, somebody can't, somebody from the other side of the aisle. This this needs to be some sort of a national, okay, look what's happening. We need to get some consensus here. 
Yeah, one of the articles I'm reading, they got some some stupid old Republican guy saying, we'll never get any problem because Joe Biden is a coward, like, individually. Okay, so let me get this straight. If I'm not willing to bomb somebody because I'm not sure that that's the right thing or the Army can't tell me it's going to be effective and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, I'm a personal coward? Does that guy want to go in the back room with me and take the coats off? Or what does he want to do? I mean, I'm a personal coward? Really? What, what's that, what is this all about, John? I mean, it's not like it always it hasn't happened before in politics, but we're talking about our service people getting killed. We're talking about a response, and you're calling an individual guy a coward because he's just not blasting away or not even knowing where he's supposed to be blasting. What, what are we doing here? Well, that's the Lindsey Graham School of you know, International Diplomacy. If it moves, blow it up. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm sort of sick of this whole culture, though, Tom. And Pat Buchanan was really the only one who ever talked about this, that the one of the greatest scandals financially and, and politically and militarily was these bases and, you know, plantations we've got all over the globe of American service people. And they're there, not apparently because they have any deterrent effect anymore, but they just become flashpoints where anybody who wants to can send a drone or a missile or whatever and embroil us in something we're not equipped to fight. And if we didn't have all of these bases, I don't think the country world would be any you know, less safe. And we'd certainly be able to, to kind of pick our battles a little more carefully. Now you got everybody... You know the GOP yelling that we need a, a strong response. I don't think anybody buys that back home. And if, if they do, you know, they should have you know been reading the newspapers for the last fifty years to see where that's going to take us. Um, well, they got a pretty short memory because it was the GOP that blew up Iraq. And the, the only thing good yeah. about Saddam Hussein was that he hated the Iranians, right? Yeah. Well, and you know, this. The, the, the reason, the one of the big reasons Barack Obama got elected was because he said we would, you know, try to reverse the, you know, the, the evil done by the Iraq War and you know all the things that the, the, under George W. Bush, the country just got you know crazy about, and everybody thought this maybe this will be a, a pulling back from these kind of incursions, and of course it was anything but that, and now you've got. People just right away singing the same song. They're all on the same page. We're, you know, we got to teach these people a lesson. Blah 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 blah. But Tom, I don't, I don't listen to it anymore. I know we're, we're going to pay a price, you know, bigger than we want to. But I'm just over it. And that, the fact that we haven't figured this out by now makes me think we're never going to figure well, it I, out. It, it comes down to you, and I, and I don't know. There's a, there's so much of a history to it, and I don't know that anybody. I'm not a master of the history over there, but I know that in Iraq, somebody somewhere, and I think the people involved, and I'm sure it was other people than them, somewhere between T.S. Lawrence, Churchill, and a bunch of Brits and a few other people, they drew these boundaries. All right, And in Iraq, you have Sunni, Shia, and Kurds, and none of them like each other. So you've got a, 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 a strong man running the place, be it Saddam Hussein, and I think, I think I've never been there. Day to day, things sort of worked. You know, it wasn't like the guy isn't a goofball. He sure is. The same thing has happened. Everybody forgets what happened in uh, the Balkans, right? What was it Yugoslavia? Was it they had they had a, a strong man that kept all these people 
people who lived there, you had, you had Serbs, you had Slavs, you had all... They don't like each other, right? And, and all of a sudden, you, you, you rip the top guy off, even if he's a goofball, and, er, and all of a sudden, everybody starts fighting again. Well, guess what? They don't like each other. <laughs> well, well, duh, they never have. I mean, what, what, what do people think is going to happen when... Don't they ever look down the road and say, if I do this, this might happen? I mean, you have to do that. When you do that in, in numbers, you have to do that all the time. Let's see, if I close this store and yet I don't sell the property, then I've got this. You, you can start to predict what, what's going to happen, right? Like, effort to break here, we're going to talk about this Evergrande. Cause you, I know you've done some research on it, but doesn't anybody put two and two together and it's say... on my phone, actually. Hey, Mike, we hear you. Yeah, good morning, Tom. Morning. Hey, I, we're not, we didn't get your thing on our iPads this morning. I connected to you via Zoom on the phone. Okay, then. Well, you sound great. Um, I had no idea, Mike, that this Operation Spartan Shield has been going on since 2016. Is this the name to all the bases that are in the, in the Middle East? It seems like it is, isn't it? No, it's, it's probably just an operation. I mean, that's what it's, uh, that's why it exists. They name operations, Tom. So, what well, says here? It it supports contracting requirements for Operation Spartan Shield, described an Army lawyer as steady state operation to build partner capacity in the Middle East. And there's, it's got bases in Saudi and Qatar, all, all kinds of places. But it says in 2016 it was the Fourth Infantry, then then it became the 29th and the 35th. I mean, it's if you go on Wikipedia, it nailed names you the location of the, evidently the is the Prince Sultan Air Base in Saudi Arabia. Then there's a Jordan Air Base that they've got a location there. Various bases in Iraq, and I guess they must have a couple in Jordan. But, uh, well, I mean, evidently they're, they're in Saudi Arabia, Jordan, and Iraq. Is Yeah, and, that, and the, you know, that's to do sustainment. So, you know, keep our allies happy, and, and then they're using it as uh, uh, a cover. <laughs> they I don't know whether it was for uh, ISIS, you know, to go after them, but it probably was. Are they still, they have another name now? I mean, the, the guy's still got to be around, running around a Toyota pickup with machine guns. I mean, I'm sure they haven't changed, but they have a new name? No, I think they're still ISIS. Yeah. Mike, how about if we go to a, for a real, well, no, we're not, we're not there yet. But a little bit, we'll go to a short break, and we'll talk about this. What, yeah, I, I, these guys, I was really surprised when I, I saw the 300 people from uh, Illinois uh, uh, heading over. Is it? Is are the are the National Guards still really involved in these deployments like they were in uh, in in uh, Afghanistan? Yes, they are. Now, is it? Explain to me or us how that works. Is it? Are there how many different types of like National Guard? I mean, uh, in Ohio, my extended family, as you all well know, is in my Italian sides in Columbus. And in Ohio, there's all kinds of people going back and forth to Afghanistan and Iraq at the time. It would, but it would be the, the the mechanics group out of some small town in Ohio, and 20 guys that go over there that were like tank mechanics or something, and back and forth. Uh, is there a difference between that and just a regular National Guard unit? Do those, are those guys over the fight, or are they over there to do a job? Are they a refueling unit, or, they, or could it be anything? No, they're over there to do both. Okay. So there's some yeah, people that specifically are mechanics, and there's other people that are, you know, something-something, right? Right, exactly. Because I know a, a couple of places, was it, one of you guys might remember this, wasn't, the problem with that is, is if you got a, a small town sends over 30 guys that are 
or people, a lot of them, half, half more women now, if it's behind the lines and a bomb goes up and 20 people in some small town get killed, it's a pretty rough day for a rough, sort of small town. That's correct. And, and you know, that's that's why small town America, you know, is more, well, usually is more aware of deployments than other ones. You know places. Well, Columbus, it was front page. Every you know which group was going and which wasn't. You know, and Chicago, you never even know. It's the first time. John was the last time you heard about anybody going from here. Maybe years. You never hear that. But three hundred is a lot of people, right, Mike? I mean, the units. That's a big unit. Uh, that's not that big. That that's roughly a battalion. So it's not that big of a deal. So. Well, how big is like a, you know, a, 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 the guys that are the mechanics for the. The guys at O'Hare, they were, they were mechanics for the refueling planes or something. They wouldn't be 300 people, would they? Yeah, a battalion is at least 300 people. Okay. So, so now do um, they, they join a regular unit or do they, have a, they just hang by the base to a specific No, they would join a regular unit. Okay, so they're real soldiers. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. We've got to go for uh, a real quick break you, here and we'll be right back. SB Fusion's only up a buck now. We have a short break because we definitely want to talk more about this with Mike and we want to talk about, John's done some uh, research on his Evergrande liquidation or the judge-ordered liquidation. We'll be right back. Stocks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Hey, guys. What's up, G? Want to go to Tchotchke's? Get some coffee? Oh, it's a little early. I, mean, I got to get out of here. I think I'm going to lose it. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Hello, North Bay Stacks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow. Greg Pappas on the board. Uh, guys, we still, uh, who knows if she'd be 
two things about this song. We still miss Mama Cass, I think. Absolutely. And the lady who, what was the other, Peggy, what, what was the lady in there? Did anybody not have the hots for her? The other oh. lady, Mamas and the Papa? Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was she gorgeous or what? She couldn't sing as well as Mama Cass, but she'd look better. No. Just saying. Have you ever heard that Dan Aykroyd story about uh, he claims that he was living in the, in the, well, he was living actually in Mama Cass's uh, old house. Really? He claims that the ghost of Mama Cass uh, got into bed with him one night. He said he felt a sudden weight, a shift in the bed, and uh, yeah. Oh, God. Well, it would be a lot of weight. <laughs> some, some other music star died in that same house. I can't think of That's right, yeah. Really? Um. I, will, at the name, I mean, it's somebody we, we all would recognize. I, I believe it's a, it a silent film star, if I'm not mistaken. i got to look that up, though. Yeah, you, you'll find that for us. You're good at this. Find that, yeah. I was, uh, Mike, I was thinking about you guys, my Section 3E, where I was the RA for, what a job that was. Um, we went to breakfast at this place in the uh, south side. Talk about guys that are, boy, hustlers. Um, place like the country house? Something, something, it's not a house. And, uh, one of the ladies, Nancy, will be on in a bit. She's doing a, a first communion thing, and she got an American Legion hall, and she was asking these guys if they'd cater it. And the guy comes by and talk about an impressive dude. This is this is America, in my idea of America. The, the guy will cater anything. He gives a big list. The guy says, "Doesn't matter. A thousand people, hundred people will go to your place. We'll do it here." They are now. They're not. They're now doing all the lunches in some of the schools around there. I didn't. I didn't know that schools were contracting out to people. And guess what? These guys have a. He goes, yeah, I got off the plane an hour ago or two hours ago. You did what? Yeah, we're we're, we're going to cater a high school in San Francisco. From here. And, and oh, hi, Chicago. Hire, yeah, we're going to hire people out there, and they're thinking about doing it. We have experience. We went out. We met everybody, and we're we're putting in bids, and we're going to do a few schools in San Francisco. And I'm thinking, these guys are hustlers, and they're working their fannies off. And you know what? That. So then, Audrey starts telling me about they have another location out west. But here's where here's where it degrades, and I thought of you guys. Now, you know, don't take me wrong. You know, I like you guys. Um, evidently, the place is haunted, allegedly. So, the, the lady is acu- the lady who was running the place is accusing the staff of drinking the booze because the booze keeps going down. So she starts putting lines on the booze, like if you have kids <laughs> type of thing. And the booze is going down. So she's accusing the staff. And evidently she decides she's going to stay overnight in the place. So she sleeps there. And the next day, the booze is still down with nobody there. <laughs> and I'm thinking, he's got to be my buddy some tree <laughs> snuck in there. <laughs> the first thing that popped into my mind is Slim and Dave and those guys in there drinking the booze <laughs> as ghosts. <laughs> how about, how about, is that a bad thing to say about you, Mike? Yes, it is. We never had booze, Tom, though, not down in food sales or anything like that. I remember you guys swiping a keg one night that I had a bill you out of. What? You guys swiped a keg from somebody downstairs. Where did we swipe a keg? Oh, in the dorm? <laughs> oh, see, well, how, I, see I, I had a bail you out of this stuff. I remember it all. You guys, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, um, Mike, if... Boy, talk about just turn, turning the page here before we get to Evergrande. Um, our president uh, was started uh, doing all the stuff against the Hooties, and and Lou's been talking about the the things that we use to fight drones are like twenty times more expensive than a drone we shoot down. Um, and 
it and Biden said our attacks against the Houthis have not been that successful in terms of they're successful at knocking stuff out, but it hasn't really stopped. Um, when and how does does somebody get this all together and say, look, are, are we being overwhelmed by by cheap price? Weapons? Can we keep up with it? Do we need to come up with a whole new set of weaponry that doesn't cost a million dollars to shoot down a $20,000 drone? Because that, that dog's not going to hunt forever. How do we get all this together, Mike, with with the com- country being as split as it is? Are there enough people in Congress on both sides that can stop the rhetoric for a second to sit down and say, this is what we better buy and, and quick? Is somebody in the Army saying, or the Air Force or whoever saying this is the technology we need to blow this stuff out of the sky for less than a million dollars a pop. And how do we figure out if Iran really is everywhere, how the hell do we do we hit them in a way that doesn't kill a bazillion people but really stops the hell out of them and, and let them know that we're, we mean business? Who, Where does this conversation even take place or does it? How could it? Uh, well, we could target all the supply network that the Iranians are doing, you know, all, however they are supplying, um, and and that would be one way to do it. Uh, and because we're just not um, going after them very well. That's all. And what if I mean, we find out they send up a, a shipload of oil over to China and it comes back with three hundred drones on it? What are we gonna do? Bomb China? Uh, I guess we can't do that. No, you're right about that. I'm saying. I mean, I don't. I don't. I, if I'm them, I almost wonder if I really investigate. I'm. I'm, af- I'm afraid of what I might find. Then what do I do? Well, I. I don't know. I mean, we could, if we thought or if we knew it was China, we could put pressure on China to to stop supplying them, although with the Biden administration, I don't think that would work. You know, they would just continue to supply them. So, Well, I mean, we, we put a whole bunch of tariffs on them in the Trump administration. That didn't stop them doing anything. Well, it did. It didn't it improve the trade imbalance? Yeah, not? not really. Yeah. Not really. Well, I mean, I, I, we, you know, there are guests. I guess there's a way to use soft power somehow to influence the Chinese, but that you know, that's a difficult thing. Or North Korea, they're not going to, what are we going to do to them? We'd, we know what we'd like to do to them, but we're not going to. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, I, I don't know, Tom, it's a, it's a very tough uh, problem to handle. I, I, just, know, I, I know that's not a good answer, but you know, that's, for today, that's my answer. You know? I, I'm with you, I, but I don't see how you it's a tough problem no matter what, and if all you do is snipe at each other and can't even sit down and talk about it, then it becomes an impossible problem, and that's what I'm concerned about. Well, we're just not doing a good job of managing the conflict, that's all. Well, how many how many conflicts would you say there are now? I mean, there's still got goofballs running around Syria. We've got Right, well, there's at least... I mean, let's just consider the Middle East as one conflict, although it's not really one conflict. It's a bunch of conflicts. How many would you, how many would you say if you had to rattle them off? I'd say at least five. I, I don't know about five. You know, so you've got, you know, Ukraine, Israel, uh, the P5 
the people in uh, Iraq and then maybe Syria. Uh, Lebanon? Well, Lebanon, I mean, that's not formally a, uh, a, uh, a conflict yet. Well, I mean, but they've got guys there, Hezbollah, messing with Israel from Lebanon. Right, that's correct. And you've got very- Iranians messing with people in Iraq just because. So that's another one, right? Just, yep. And you've got, obviously, the Israeli thing. You, 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 uh, that, well, that's three or so, right? Uh, yes, yeah. And, no, uh, it's a bunch. I mean, we have to... The hoodies, that's uh, four. Yeah. We have to... Uh, you know, and John was talking about earlier, when just when I had signed on, about how, you know, we have all these... Uh, little bases all over the place and they're just essentially flashpoints and that is in fact true and you know it's for a long time and uh, you know we have been the world's policemen and you know that's not a role uh, I mean that's a role that we really have to think about uh, and you know how how much longer do we do we want to do this? Because we ha- have been doing it for roughly, you know, probably since the Korean War, we've been the world's policemen, and we need to, uh, we either need to step out of it, or, and this is where I think the Biden administration is failing us, they, you know, they're not giving uh, the soldiers the tools to to protect themselves. Uh, and, you know, it's, it goes to what you were talking about with the Houthi, Houthis also, where, um, you know, we're, we're using very expensive weapons to, to knock down drones, but we could use those very same expensive weapons to hit the supply points that, that the Iranians are using to supply all of their proxies. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. We could, we could definitely be better. I guess question one would be, if we were to order a whole bunch of stuff tomorrow, has the military stuff changed so much in the last year or two? We would order a whole bunch of different stuff. Would, would we have oh. small? I, I, last night, the other night, I was I'm driving along, you know, watching people aiming for me, and I almost thought, you know, what we need we almost need a World War II fighter with machine guns to knock these drones down. Well, I mean that would be one thing, but the, and the most effective weapon for that would have been the A-10 uh, Warthog, and they, you know, the Air Force took the those out of production a long time ago. Well, I'm saying, is is it time to think differently here? I mean, an F-16, you're not going to use that to shoot down a drone, are you? Or an F-30, whatever the next one is, F-22. God, I hope not. No, you're not. You shouldn't, anyways. I mean, I, I think that there's so many questions here, Mike, in terms of uh, equipment, in terms of funding, in terms of everything. You're, you're right. I'm, I'm not sure that, that, that Biden's the guy. Boy, I don't know if I'd be the guy either. I'm just trying to find who the guy would be necessarily here. They can put all this together. I mean, this is, this is some, some, some kind of guerrilla war, some kind of this. I mean, it's, it's a mess. And if you don't, I guess but the com- your comment regarding are we the world's policemen? You can find articles, but not so much anymore because people probably... In, in world history, you had Pax Romana, they used to call it, a, a couple of centuries when Rome pretty much kept the lid on violence every place, right? 
and you've had Pax, right. and you've had Pax Americana after World War II. I don't necessarily want to be the world's policeman, but if we just bail, what in God's name is the world going to look like? And a couple times we have bailed, we ended up in some massive conflict that cost ten times as much as we wouldn't have bailed, right? Right. So I, 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 don't, I don't know the answer to that one either, do you? No, I sure don't. Uh, I, I think it's a point where you and I might agree, and even we'll get John to agree with us. We don't know the answers, but let's at least agree on the questions so we can start talking about them. Well, and and that is the question, you know, and and this is where, you know, all Congress is, it's a bunch of jabbering fools. You know, you, you've got the the uh, Republicans worried about Hunter Biden and, you know, they're not doing any legislation, you know, and they're all upset about war powers, but all they do is blabber, you know, that they, they, they don't govern at all. Our Congress is, you know, both sides are ineffective. They, they are not doing their jobs and I'll get off my soapbox. So. I, I'm, there's no disagreement on that. I just, I just wonder if, if, if the Joint Chiefs. I mean, you know, you go to the whole. Remember when they, they court-martialed Billy Mitchell, right, for proving that, it, that you can you can sink a battleship with an airplane, right? Well, duh. Why right. You, well, right. I mean, if, if you were to sit down right now and said, "These are the kind of idiots we're after. We got drones. We got machine guns. We got uh, movable uh, whatever." I mean, how are we gonna? I'd say w- one side of it would be. If we can spruce up our electronics, maybe we can screw up the drones electronically and not even have to shoot them down. I don't know enough about it to know about that, but somebody somewhere—I mean, I'm looking at it going—we we don't seem to be armed for the same conflict these guys are. Uh, is am I right there or not? Well, we just—we're uh, just not doing, you know, the proper. Um, Oh, it, the Pentagon is not doing, my opinion anyways, is not doing a proper job of managing the conflict. You know, they're just not doing very well. Is that personnel or is it so new to them that, or is it so multi, is there so many different places you can't keep an eye on all of them? Or what, what do you think it is? Just a combination of all that stuff? I think it's a combination of all that stuff. There are so many different places that they, they really, um, they're not doing their jobs effectively. That's what it comes down to. Well, it'd be nice if somebody revolted in Iran, huh? Or North Korea. I don't see that happening, do you? No, it's not going to happen. North Korea, unfortunately, is you know is is just a disaster waiting to happen. So. And, and when the guy takes you out, he takes you out with what an anti aircraft gun or something. Right. Exactly. Jeez. All right, John. What 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 about Evergrande? What I mean, uh, Mike, hang on. Um, because uh, this obviously affects everything. But how far how far behind is Country Garden? Is, uh, ever, for those that don't know the news this morning, Evergrande, which has been in really bad shape for a long time, the, the stock was back up to, what, 20 cents or something, John, some ridiculously low number. And now the judge said, look, you guys can't. There was some attempt over the weekend internationally uh, to put together some kind of a bailout plan, but I don't know how you do that because the place is so... So it's been obvious for a year they got they got nothing. Uh, but now the judge has ordered them to liquidate. I'm not even sure there's anything to lift, liquidate, John, that isn't already mortgaged at a hilt. What did you make out of it? Because you did more research than yeah. I did. Well, you know, the, the original bankruptcy hearing was you know, scheduled last November, 
where they didn't have a restructuring plan and they gave them two months to come up with one. I think that that sort of was postponing the inevitable because even though they were working on a deal um, over the weekend, it sounds like there was there was really nothing to produce in the way of a plan. The judge, you know, immediately saw through it, and you know the, the thing has to be liquidated. There's some concern whether this bankruptcy proceeding will be recognized in mainland China because it's, it's in Hong this Hong Kong. This Hong Kong, right? Now, John, yeah. are these guys and, mostly residential or commercial or both? Both, mostly okay. residential. I think that, that's that's where they they've tried to kind of reassure investors for over the last couple of years that they, they would try to deliver on the homes that they had promised to build and they you know, fell way short of their promises and the, the idea was that they could still make good on some of these deals in 2024 it doesn't look like it's going to be anything meaningful so that we're looking at between 300 and 400 billion um, in you know losses and the likelihood of recovering probably less than three percent of those. I mean, if they, these things start to go on the auction block, is there a, is there a list anywhere of out of the three or four hundred billion who the people are that hold this stuff? A lot of it is just mortgagees in Ch- in China, right? They never got to move into their place, right? They're the borrowers, and, and also you know suppliers, contractors, provincial governments in China that had advanced money or, or cooperated in lending. So I I think it's it's. I'm sure somebody has a pretty good idea of exactly what's at stake here, but the the likelihood of make, getting any meaningful return on these is, is I think, just you know, illusory. So, so there, there's no at, uh, yeah. no short list of people out of China, like here, Western Europe, anywhere else that Japan that that are up their eyeballs in this. There's no list to hold those people are and what percentage. You know, let's say if it's BlackRock, I mean, they, they do so much in China. I'm going to say. They got a few shekels in this thing. Is it fifty bucks or is it fifty billion? I, I don't know. Does anybody have any idea? Yeah, I, I don't think you know that nobody wants that number bandied around or associated with names. But I think you you will see fallout in the next you know six months or so of exactly how heavily invested some of these you know other outfits were. Now the guys and, behind and, them, the Country Garden, they I'm doing this from memory. Uh, they missed their last quarterly payment but there's still a chance they think they might make this one is that the story with those guys yeah they're still you know, fine they're, right you're talking about the timetable you know comparing Evergrande to country garden and you know Evergrande's default is now going on well, two and a half years ago and that, that just shows how things have played out since that default where there is no you know it, there was never any any real change in plans here this has played out the way I think a lot of people expected it to. That they would become ever more hopelessly mired in debt, and there's no way that you know whether they had a default on one coupon or another one, uh, the story was going to end up just as it's ended up here. So, the Country Gardens default last October, I think it was, um, and the promises that you know that they would be able to meet some other obligations. But I think, you know, maybe a year or two down the road, you're going to see the same thing. And maybe much sooner than that, um, you can't really say. It'll end up the same way as Evergrande. There's no reason why it shouldn't. Well, Matt, Matt if you've got a second, Matt, I, I seem to recall that they made, was it the, the, the third quarter payment on like the last day hmm. or something? Yeah. And then yeah. I, I think they missed all or most of the next quarter. Am I right yeah. with that? Yeah. Now this quarter they're 
they're saying they might make it again sort of on the last day, but they, they're they several times bigger than Evergrande, correct? Well, it, it, the amount of depth doesn't look as big. I mean, just what I was okay. looking at last night and today, the, the, you know, the, the losses on country garden assets looks to be in, in the around 200 to 300 billion but you know Evergrande is is larger but, but, than that but, but country garden the company itself is a lot bigger correct oh yeah and there's other yeah. stuff too yeah and just than than real estate too i think so, okay so they they might so they I, might actually have a fighting chance if they get help from the government well yeah and you know this is this is going to be a test for investors generally to see you know what china is capable of doing or willing to do in a situation like this because it's you know, if they see there's so much at stake here that they have to give some kind of sign to you know the global you know economy that this is not going to you know end up in some kind of you know dish rag where nobody gets anything um but you know they're so strapped in, in every way now where they've got you know declining population they've got you know unemployment they've got you know, other problems to deal with besides bailing out Evergrande or Country Guard. Well, they keep and looking at Taiwan. All, if we just had their money, we'd be okay. Yeah, it's, it's all connected too, Tom. But you know, we we can't. You know, and the trouble with having a state-run economy like China's is, you know, they are not so much concerned with the business end of it as they are with the political end of it, and that means saving face, however that they can, Thank and that you. means being as draconian as they have to be to make it happen. So um, they feel like their position with their people is so volatile. Um, they've got all these disgruntled home buyers who are going to take a bath on them too because they've been on the hook since they signed. Oh, and I think they're just screwed. I, they're, I don't know what happens to those guys. They're just screwed. They, they're they going to hope they get COVID and croak, I think. Yeah, I mean, and that, and you're looking at a loss of intergenerational wealth. You know, these yeah. people aren't going to have anything to pass out on. Um, you're going to see people who are, who are struggling to hang on to what, what they have, let alone you know, dream of a, a better apartment or a bigger apartment. Um, imagine if that happened in this country. What it would do. Oh God! So, Mike, if you're the Secretary of the Navy and all of a sudden you got two new destroyers and two new submarines that were gifted you today out of construction, which way do you send them? The Red Sea or China? Well, first I'd send them to the Red Sea and then go from there. Then immediately. Do whatever they have to do there, and then head over to China. <laughs> well, they'd probably have to send them back and do maintenance on them, and then after that, they could send them to China. So. God, it's a uh, boy, pretty scary, isn't it? I mean, uh, what, what do you think that our guys think that our 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 force equipment, looking at all the stuff going on in the world, do you think do you think they think we have enough ships, airplanes for this whole mess, or not? They, they, the answer's got to be no. I'm sure they don't no, know we, they, they've been after more uh, ships for a while. I mean, we used to have the biggest blue water navy in the world, and now I think China does. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I have not sort of agreed. Well, we talk about changing subjects again. I have not sort of agreed with that in a long time. That you know, twelve spectacular aircraft carriers is is better than sixteen that are still way better than everybody else's. I. I'd, I'd, I'd almost go with the 16 if it would be me, but that's nobody's asking me. Um, it, it certainly seems to be borne out with this, uh, you know, F-22 versus drone. Um, that's that's kind of an odd fight. Or, or an aircraft carrier against a, a hootie. That's, not, that's kind of an odd fight too, isn't it? Right, yeah. It's uh, I almost think we got, we got to go on the... Uh, 
I'm thinking the best plane for that would be like a P-51 or something <laughs> to knock all those things out of the air, wouldn't it? Yep, that's about right. Uh, do we have any of those left? I don't think so. No, I don't. That might be in museums or something. Well, but. they make movies once in a while. They get a couple. What do they do? What do they use in the movies? <laughs> you know, I, every time you make a war movie, World War Two, it's got to get harder and harder, doesn't it? Yeah, that's probably right. It's uh. So what? What do you, what's the next step? I mean, we've, during an election year, are we just gonna have people winging names to each other? Or is there any chance of us doing something effective here? I keep hoping, Mike, that no matter who is in in the White House. There's still a gazillion people in the military like you that actually gave a crap about their job and do a nice job, and it, that shouldn't change, should it? No matter who, unless they well, like, we'll start weighing people. The problem out. is, Tom. Right now, I think you have plenty of good people in the Pentagon, but uh, you know the, the the will to fight is not in the White House, and not that you have to fight, but you've got to. I know that they have a a long list of targets in Iran and we could be hitting any one or all of those targets we have the capability to do that but the will is just not there well let me ask you this I mean for I'm one of the amazing I don't think you guys are huge fans of Michael Moore I don't like a lot of the stuff he does but I'll tell you what I think that guy has one of the most a couple things he did one was predicting Trump's win but we went and invaded someplace. I think it might have been Iraq. And uh, and he was in front of Congress the next day with a petition that the first people that were drafted were all the sons and daughters of the people in Congress. And he asked, tried to get them to sign it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but I, if you were to walk out tomorrow and say for all the, again, a lot of this is on the Republican side, but if there was a Rep- Republican in office, it would be the Democrats saying, you know, the guy's a weakling and all this stuff. But if you were to say tomorrow, I'm going to really, we need to get ourselves back together here, and this Iran's a big deal, and China's a big deal. We need to to stop this crap, and we're going to we're going to start hitting some guys, not letting our get to hit our guys. And by the way, tomorrow we're instituting uh, a draft, and we're 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 having a 10 percent surcharge on income tax. You're here to pay for it. That is a serious fart in church. That goes nowhere. So nobody wants, everybody wants somebody else to do it. Bring back the death penalty. Where are you gonna are you gonna pull the, the lever on the, the the noose? Well, I'm not gonna do it. I mean, we got a lot of that going on in this country. I think. Right. No, you're absolutely right. So, what do you, where do you think a a uh, a serious tax increase in corporations? Well, it'd have to be everybody because, but starting with corporations on down to pay for all this, where do you think that goes? I'm thinking it goes nowhere. No, nowhere, Tom. And what about some sort of national service, be it six months or a year, maybe to help some of these kids get out of these neighborhoods where all they do is get shot, or where you can choose whether you want to be a national service and plant trees or in the armies or whatever, but everybody has to go six weeks basic training, just not, you know, maybe not marine basic training, but just enough to to where you, you know what it's like to have a gun and if we ever needed you, we could. I don't think that goes anywhere either, and it's probably not a bad idea. I see that going nowhere. How, how do we? I mean, how do you just keep? This is what we should do. By the way, somebody else should do it. We got away a lot of that, aren't we? Yeah, we are. That's exactly right. Well, Mike, thank but, you. As, as usual, good stuff. We got a dash because Nancy's coming on. John, you can hang around with Nancy. 
You have sure, I can answer uh, 15 minutes. All right, so you have better questions for her than I do usually. SP Futures unchanged as they used to in trading floor. Unched, unched. NASDAQ Futures up 17. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading options ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. What is your nationality? I'm a drunkard. <laughs> and that makes Rick a citizen of the world. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome to Stocks Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down 75 cents. Nasdaq Futures up 16. We're kind of hitting the flat line here. We were down all last night, then we were up, and now we're kind of unched, unched. Uh, we had gold up 12 bucks. We'll talk about that in a second. So a little bit of movement there. Uh, we've got the, well, let me make sure we got these things current, as we might as well be going to talk about it. We might as well get the right numbers. Um, we have the uh, in individual stocks in the Dow, Goldman Sachs down two bucks, going up a buck. Uh, nothing crazy there. Microsoft up 247. Microsoft goes up every day. Uh, 406. We've got NVIDIA up 340. NVIDIA's got to go up every day, too. It's 613.71. Uh, 
700, 800, 1200, what's the difference? Uh, over in Europe, we've got the DAX up down 89.5%, FTSE up 7.1%, CAC around down 10.1%, so slightly the downside over there, but basically unchanged. Over in Asia, sort of interesting, Nikkei's up 275.8%, Hang Seng up 125.8%, 16,077, so back over 16,000. Shanghai down 27, that's a full percent, 28.83, back under 2,900. As the Evergrande halts uh, share trading in Hong Kong as the court orders liquidation, but they're down from around 20%, but they're down like 20 cents to 16, so I wouldn't necessarily count on that one much as moving the market. Uh, Friday, Dow was up 60, S&P down 3, NASDAQ down 55. Bonds down 6 basis points, 4.10. Uh, the Bund down 5 basis points, 2.24. Japan unchanged at 0.72. We've got oil. Uh, down 47 cents, but still 77. It's down 47 cents since the last time we did this an hour ago. It was over 78. Now it's 77.54. Brent down 52 cents, 83.03. Natural gas down 18 cents, 253. Our Bob down 2 cents, 226. Gold up 12.30, uh, 2029, trying to get back in the middle of the 2000s. Silver up 25 cents as it continues to move up and down pretty violently within a very narrow range, which is really kind of crazy. Uh, 2312 was a full number in silver. Copper unchanged, 385. We've got crypto with a bounce this morning. It was up almost 1,000 points. Now it's up 166, 42,066. And we have the U.S. dollar. Uh, now it's actually moving uh, it's moving up with the euro uh, down 34 uh, basis points to 108.2 and the pound down to 126.9. So that's as high as the dollar has been in a while and the lowest those guys have been because one goes up, the other two go down. Uh what else? What do you got for us, Travis? Weather Sports, man. Yeah, good morning. Currently 7.37 a.m. on January 29th, 2024. As far as traffic inbound on the Dan Ryan Express, uh, currently at 31 minutes uh, from 95th to the Jane Byrne. Uh, as far as weather in Chicago, currently at 28 degrees with cloudy skies. Uh, later today, high of 43 and partly sunny skies. Uh, later tonight, though, it's after midnight, we're looking at a mix of rain and snow. Down in Phoenix, Arizona, 52 degrees currently, and a high of 77 with mostly clear skies ahead. Uh, yesterday in the NFL, conference championships took place. Uh, in the AFC, we saw Chiefs beat Ravens at 17 to 10. Over the NFC, Lions lost to 49ers, it's 31 to 34. And of course, in the NBA, Bulls beat Trailblazers. That was 104 to 96. So I got Chief back to you. Do we have Nancy? Me do. do. Yeah. So Nancy, what do you think about the? Uh the host of this show all last week saying this Baltimore is one of the best teams I've ever seen, and they lose. You know what? I, I Baltimore, I thought would take the Super Bowl, so I was, I, I was surprised. I mean, I, I thought the Chiefs, if they came in with a good game plan, might be able to execute it, but I, I'm just, I'm just shocked. So well, the turnovers, the turnovers done. killed them. Three turnovers. Yeah. Well, I mean, just well, even even. Like at the end of the first quarter, the the two fifteen yard penalties, you could tell they were starting to lose it, and they yeah. shouldn't have been. So well, they, they still are kind of a thug team. They sort of always, yeah, sort of always have been from Ray Lewis days, but still. Um, yeah, so I was I was very surprised, and I was very surprised that um, I thought San Francisco played very poorly in the first half. Um, not themselves, and if they show up with that game, there's a possibility, you know. They could lose, so I don't know. Well, Taylor Swift gets to go to the Super Bowl. I wish they'd leave that poor girl alone. She had nothing to do with it <laughs> yesterday. 
Well, she, you know, you don't see her out sitting in the in the stands with the rest of us, Mulp. She's in the skybox. That's okay. She's got to preserve her throat. She just right. wants to be ordinary citizen. Well, you know, you know, she might actually. You don't know. I mean, she comes from a pretty solid family. Maybe she does. Yeah. Well, so, well, I mean, so uh, if, if if the two two of use, and we'll, we'll boot Matt Matt Byrne too. What country? Would we, you be moving to if you're moving from America? Now, there's a list of the seven biggest destinations. I'll bet you can't uh, get them. Can't, can't. I'm not moving from America, so I, I can't. Canada, I suppose I'd go. There are five. I would go to, if I, I, I mean, I've never been there, but I would, since I probably could get dual citizenship, I might go to Ireland, at least be a citizen. But it's Portugal, yeah. Spain, United Kingdom, Emirates. Why would anybody want to go to the Emirates? Ugh. Then Canada, then Germany, then France. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, who wants to go overseas and live? If you wanted to be there, you'd be there. I have a feeling that if uh, things get any squirrelier here, if I went and got about an eight flat on the Isle of Man, and I, all of a sudden people would all trickle over and rent an apartment, and we'd do six weeks in Italy, we'd do eight weeks in spring training in Arizona, we'd be all over the place. A month in Florida, we wouldn't want to be at the Isle of Man. But we use that as our as our takeoff spot. Just saying. Yeah, really. Anyway, so what's going on in the mortgage world and the housing world? All of a sudden, uh, every day here, as I kick up, uh, uh, now we're talking, uh, Amazon terminates iRobot deal. Vacuum maker to lay off 31% of staff. Every day now, all you, all you see is layoffs. Now, whether or not that's like a real lot of people or not, I don't know. But when is it going to, when or if, it's more of a giant question to me, uh, to you, Nance. When or if is if people start getting laid off, is it going to mess with this? Keep your hands in the boat, don't rock the boat, just don't move. Health story in the in the in the, re- in the residential industry. I'm still wondering what happened to Cinderella, who does the floors. Um, yeah. I, I think rocking the boat is going to start as soon as. Well, of course. I have heard that Biden is going to fill our 401ks back up all before the election. It's all going to happen before. They're not talking about after. They're just talking about before that our 401ks are all going to get filled up. The interest rates are going to fall to, you know, maybe 4%, all these crazy things. Um, the reality of it is I heard the we're counting on the interest rate dropping at the end of the year after the election. And then... Um, I don't think people, the only reason people got their hands in the boats is because they're using their credit cards. So that should last at least another year to two years. And then I don't care what the interest rate is, people will have to take the equity out of their houses to get out of debt. Uh, sure seems so, that way. I've heard some rumors last week. You know, and this, I should have looked at this, but over the weekend, uh, but I didn't. Uh, I On the radio, they were saying that, that the amount of credit card balances were up more than bank balances. Like savings balances, that that can't be right, can it? I think it can. I think I think it's right, though. Man, oh man, that's uh. Yeah, that's upsetting. Well, Jan, and, you... and no one's talking about it at all. But it, it's it's happening. And then what they do is they use their house as the savings account and pull the equity out, pay off the credit cards, and then, um, you know, they get even again and they get a fresh start. Now you, so, you, you, you as a, a mortgage lady, you don't do those loans. Those go right to the, how do the, how do those work? You and Jen talk about that. You Jen has more about it than I do. 
How does that work? Your normal, who do you, who do I get my second mortgage from? I guess is my question. No, you wouldn't get a second mortgage. You just re- refinance your first. Okay, are you because starting to you, see? But you're so not. It doesn't matter what the rate's going to be. You're going to need to have to refinance your first. Okay, so you're you're saying you wouldn't get a second. You'd refinance the first, but boy, if you got to go from three to six. That's Tom, a step they're, up. They're, they're right now refin- getting the second mortgage at eight. Oh, so a second mortgage from a... Now, who do you get that from, a bank? Bank. Mm-hmm. Now, the, if, if you if you gave Jan... You gave... If you arranged Jan's first mortgage and he goes and gets a second one, you still have the first, so you don't really have to... Do you have to be notified or anything, or it doesn't make any difference? It doesn't make any difference, but you got to remember when you're getting the second and paying each, the credit cards are twenty nine. Oh yeah, I get it. So now you got twenty nine and eight, and then it won't matter that the first is at four and you can get to six because you're getting rid of eight and twenty nine. Yeah, what? Uh, yeah, you're right. Six is better than either one of them, right? Right, right. What? So um, that's going to open up the field again. I mean, that will be the the you know. The, the straw that breaks the camel's back. So, but it, have it's, the it's prices? Coming, it's just time. But there, there was a time when people bought houses at I'll pick a number, two fifty, and three years later they were quote worth three fifty. So you had room to get money. In the last year and right. a half, has that happened? No, but in time it will. I mean, it will go towards that. Or people won't be able to make their house payments, and then we're going to go back to 2007, 2008. Yeah, because what I'm concerned about, I mean, Janet, what I'm concerned about is if, if if you just bought a house three years ago at 3% for four hundred grand, I don't know if the house is worth six hundred, where you got 200 to take out. Well, is it? Nancy, even if, if the value's were such that it would there'd be enough equity to you know, take more debt on it, are you seeing lenders becoming stricter in their standards now? Because I would think if deposits are down and they've got less money to lend out, they're going to be a lot more careful of who they give it to. And the rumor has been that you know this is what the banks are doing on a bigger level, uh, that they're really ramping up the standards by which they will make a loan. Are you seeing people who are denied okay. but, loan but, applications? Or? But here, that's with, that's with a second mortgage on a bank, you know, through the bank. Fannie... The, the mortgage loans that come through the government, which are Fannie and Freddie and VA and FHA, they're not they're not feeling that heat because the government just prints more money, right? I mean, that doesn't really matter. It's the the banks are scrutinizing much more because they see it coming. I mean, we're all seeing it coming. So um, it's going to be, and, and or people used to sometimes go on their 401k and pull money out to, you know, get through and, you know, clean up a mess. And if your 401k isn't going up, well, then that's another problem. So if, in fact, they, they can do something to stimulate the economy that these 401, you know, in other words, the article I read is that they're going to try and, I guess, I don't know, Tom, do they, can they control, put enough money in the system where the market will go up? Uh, they can try. Um, are they successful? Or well, they well they, they, they clearly were successful during COVID. I mean, we had a depression for God's sake, and the market went straight up, right? I mean, uh, but you 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 can do that. You can be another Weimar, but if all of a sudden, if everybody's convinced 
that the interest rates are going to go up so much because of the inflation component. I mean, look what happened in the early 80s, the late 70s. Your interest rates went to 12.5%. So this time, the, the Fed's doing kind of a weird deal here. What they did, the big difference, when well, I've said this 100 times, big difference between the inflation this time and the inflation in the 70s and 80s was the 70s and 80s, your mom, my mom, they could go to the bank and get 12%. So if inflation was 10, they were still getting... They're getting the 10 plus the two interest rate, real interest rate. So they, Savers never lost out on the deal in the last episode. Now, this time, Savers have gotten eviscerated. Putting your money in the bank at zero five years ago, you essentially lost 40% of your value, right? I mean, without a doubt. So, I mean, okay. I mean no, but nobody thinks that way, but you really should. I mean, when, uh, you know, I mean, you can say the market is up, or you can say the value of the dollar is down. They're sort of the same thing, but most people don't think of it that way. But, but you know, the issue you're talking about is if the if all of a sudden, but the Fed was able to do that because whenever the the bonds wanted to go down, they went out and bought them. So you couldn't short them, or you got to jam where the sun don't shine. So, but now the Fed is 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 increasing the money supply a little bit, but they're also letting their balance sheet kind of run off. So they're not going out and buying every 10-year they can find. So you find the 10-year is up over 4% now fairly consistently. I mean, today it's down a little bit in the rate, but it's still 4.1. Uh, so they're not, it doesn't seem like they're doing the all-out assault at, at the supply of the bonds where they're driving the interest rate long-term down. So what you might end up with at the end of the year, it, it might, I actually made this prediction, I don't usually make predictions, is that you're going to see maybe two or three drops from the Fed to where we're going to go from five and a half to four and three quarters on the short term, but you might see a five and a half or six on the 10-year. Now, what you guys do, the mortgages more come off the 10-year, right, than the, than the short term. Yeah, they come off 10-year. So I, don't, I, I think the mortgages might actually sneak up a little or certainly not come down. Even if the, I mean, everybody's got this idea that if the Fed drops short term from five and a half to, say, four and a half, that miraculously the 10-year is going to go from four down to two again. I don't see that happening at all. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, it, yeah. they're, they're two totally different animals. One the Fed controls, one they don't necessarily. Not, not, not unless they want to go out and buy them all like they did two years ago. They seem to not be doing that anymore. So I don't know, you guys, I mean, you guys, what do you think of that, Nancy or, or John? I mean, I, that's, that's what I'm seeing. John, what are your thoughts? I think you're right, Tom. They're two different animals, and um, I I don't think you're going to see much change or shifting in um, real estate interest rates. Um, I think you're going to continue to see prices going up. I don't see that stopping anytime soon. But again, the, the market is skewed now so that it, it's being driven by, by the, the best borrowers, the people who have cash to buy, they don't need a mortgage at all. Or you know they they can take a mortgage on terms that would be less favorable to a lot of other borrowers, and I th- I think it's going to make again houses by the end of the year attractive investments for the people who can afford them, but it's going to keep everybody who thought someday they could own a house completely out of the mortgage market, probably for the rest of their lives or at least you know the next twenty years or so, and that's that's something we don't normally have to deal with. And we really haven't seen that kind of fracturing of the available purchasers of real estate in the past. And I don't know what that will mean overall for the health of the economy. 
I, I just think these houses are are at six percent that the average person cannot afford the average house, and whenever that that happens, it's dangerous to me. Now, don't, that doesn't mean anything's going to happen. I mean, I'm not saying you should invest that way, but uh, I mean, with the, the median income of a family is, let's be nice and say sixty. What do you? What's the median income of a, of a group that, to buy a four hundred thousand dollar house? Nance, it's got to be ninety, hundred. And that's that's hard to say because you don't know if they have extra income coming in or whatever. But um, I, they're they're going to have to go back to you know fixing up starter homes and you know it, it's it's interesting because there's so many different facets to this. But if you guys don't think the ten years is going to come down, then the mortgage rates aren't going to come down. Then how are four hundred one k's going to go up? Well, how, how do you and how do you? If you think we're gonna, if these guys are successful, which I don't give them any chance, and, and they're gonna they drop the interest rate to two percent, okay. Well, you 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 still, even though we haven't done it for a while, have to pay somebody to borrow their money. You would hope. So say the the, rate, the real rate of interest is two or two and a half, you're still talking four and a half, right? Which is kind of where it is. So I don't see how it goes down much below here. Do you? I don't. I don't think. I think. I think when they're saying the rates are going to come down, I think they're going to come down into the fours or the low fives. I don't think they're going to be any lower than that. You're talking about but, the short term. Short term. Yeah, I. I just don't see them because down. right now the highest rates are in 30 days. I mean, how screwed up is that? We just put people that work in uh, 30 days last Monday. A bunch. Bunch of people. We were doing six. Now we're doing a half and half, six and three, or six and uh, one. How, how, how crazy is that? Well, what has happened in the past when you start seeing these huge layoffs? Because now this is another one you're saying with the um, I ro- the iRobot is going away now? Well, every day there's somebody. So now this time of the year, you normally get layoffs. Now we'll know the next month's stuff when Carl talks about it. He digs through all these numbers and finds it out. But it's uh, it, the labor market looked horrible. The last one, the establishment survey, had a big number to the upside. The household survey was like nine hundred thousand to the negative. So if you get another month like that, it's not looking great. Now, now does that mean the government's going to have to go with the? I mean, right now, I think your unemployment, the state handles it for it six months, Jen, or is it one hundred twenty days? What is it? It's a. And then if the federal government decides that the economy's lousy and, and they extend it, they have they have to give the states the money for the extension. Is that the way it works, Jen? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the exact timing of it, but but the, right now there's no declaration by the Fed to extend any of this stuff. So if you end up going back to that mess where you got to got to send that money out now, I mean there there goes you know the deficit even more. So yeah, it, it's a mess, Nance. I mean, would, the the best that you could have happen, and you know, and we could get away with it. Let's hope we do. Is for housing prices to stay steady, maybe come down a hair. Uh, the market to stay steady, not come down. Interest rates to maybe the short term to come down, the longer term to go up a little bit, and people just hang in there, don't get laid off, and the next two three years get a five ten percent increase, and two years from now we sort of catch it. But I don't. That's a lot of ifs, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, sure it's so out of balance. You know, the the housing starts. You know, breaking ground on new houses. I think that will continue healthy in in some states. But it's, I think it's going to, you know, continue to decline, crash in some other states. And once you 
Well, it used to be that's how you got into the to the housing market. You you could get a you know a house built relatively inexpensively. It was new, um, and there'd be a whole fleet of them available to a certain price. You know, people in a certain price range who could qualify. I don't don't see that there's any options for those people now. And as starter homes get fixed up, you know, people don't have the money to do that fixing up at the rate things are going now to get any kind of construction, remodeling, just, you know, basic stuff to fix up a house that you barely could afford when you bought it. But it's it's, going to remain probably in a substandard condition, even if you can afford to hold on to the house. Well, Jan, so there's all these things working against people who used to be, you know, easily targeted for, you know, buying an subdivision, you know, a, a growth area of the country. I, I think that's that's a, a really limited window for people now. Well, Jan, I think that the sticker shack on anybody, and I know that I, mean, I probably bore people to tears about the inflation stuff, but the sticker shack, and you may say, ah, you know, it's all, I'm fine. I don't I don't worry about it. The, the cost of a beer went up a little more, this went up, but don't worry, I can handle it. The sticker shack on stuff you haven't seen yet, be ready. I mean, if all of a sudden you, what do you mean a kitchen's 50 grand? <laughs> 50 grand? What, what do you mean a roof's 70? What do you mean a root canal's 3 grand for two hours and they got in the dentist seat? What do you, what do you mean my dog's surgery is 10 grand? I mean, the, the, the stuff you just don't think about, I mean, how about it, Nance? I mean, it's it's there, and, and all of a sudden you, you're... What do, what do you suppose? I mean, you're you have a nice home. Audrey has a nice home, not crazy, but but nice. What do you suppose the replacement value is of your place if you just had a if you had like a fire and had to build half it again? I'm not wishing that, but the replacement value has got to be some of these homes that Audrey shows people that are in the you know six seven hundred thousand dollar range. I look at these things and I go, I couldn't put this thing back up for a million one for God's sake. And look at the workmanship and stuff in here. There's people spending 100 grand for a kitchen. How the hell would you put this house back up for 400 grand? You couldn't come close, could you? No. Well, they they can if they paid. You know, if they if the person doesn't have a mortgage and you don't have to bring money to the table, I guess you can put it up for every whatever you'd like, right? Because you're only going to get what the market will bear. No, I'm saying just the replacement cost. Nobody realizes. That, no. that you can pay 50G for a kitchen or 20 for a bathroom if you want to. Well, the contractors are what's... I, I, I agree. It's just crazy out there right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we t- I mean, Dan, every once in a while on Thursday, John, you listen in. I mean, what is Dan saying about getting stuff down in Florida, for God's sake? Yeah. I mean, it, You're looking at a lot of deferred maintenance for the houses that people are able to own and, and you know pay the freight on every month. There's going to be so much postponed updating and remodeling. Um, uh, that's not good for the market, no matter who's no. in it, really. No. When I no. bought my, my current my current truck, which of course is wearing out pretty drastically, it's 11 years ago I bought it, Nance was right, so 11, that, would be, that would make us 2013 or so, 2012, and we just were coming out of the, you know, it was, the, the world was not good back then all the layoffs and stuff in Michigan. I bought up in Michigan. If ever you want to talk to people who got other than you, because you obviously see people's finances, people have their thumb on, on the, the economy in the area. Guys who run a used car dealership. They know exactly how people are doing. So I drive up there, and I get a little 
music fest on one of the seats so I'm forced to go down the streets I'm forced to go down these side streets and I'm a fairly observant dude and I see these houses and I go hmm everybody's got their grass cut everything looks nice I look all these roofs look like they're a little ragged doesn't look like anybody's had any windows in a while so I say to the used car guy he comes in on a Saturday he wasn't open on a Saturday but I drove up on a Saturday to pick my truck up he's in there and we were BSing for an hour or two I said you know what's it like around here I said he goes what do you think I said well I saw people without uh, looks to me like they all could use some new roofs but the houses are still maintained and people live in there he goes that's pretty observant he goes everybody here used to make 25, 35 hours an hour in the uh, office furniture business and everybody got laid off nobody had a job and now he goes people are pretty much all working again at some of these new distribution centers and stuff but now they're making 20 to 25 instead of 30 to 35 to 40 so everybody's working again but roughly 25% less than they used to make he says you're right the houses are well maintained nobody can afford a new roof nobody can afford a new car and I think we're entering sort of a stage like that again am I wrong or right please tell me I'm wrong I think you're right I I, I, I agree with John <laughs> I think you're right I mean I, I don't want to be just saying so Nancy nobody, two, two no, weeks you're going to be in Florida we're going to miss you for two weeks Yesterday yes, was it was true. good seeing you. Yesterday, did, you must have not known I was going to be there. That's why you showed up. Just saying, but uh, no, we, I knew you were going to be there, Tim. I uh, knew. John, th- John paid me to go. If you really want to know, do you think we're ever going to get John out? <laughs> I guys, don't know. Who you guys can actually meet each other. Yeah, he, he's he's uh-huh. worse than you. I mean, you can't get him out. But anyway, the uh, have you have yourself a nice time down in Florida. We, who knows? Yeah, if, have if a you, great, great trip. If you want to call, if you want to call in and zoom from there, uh, just let us know. You're always welcome. And uh, when you come back, we'll have a little party or something, and, and do some research down there. Let us know what's going down in Florida. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask around it. All right, it's all right. crazy. I'm sure. <laughs> SP futures down a whole seventy five cents. Nasdaq futures up fifteen. Uh, we'll see what's going, on. John. We'll talk at you later in the week. Good job. Good stuff from yep. Mike, wasn't it? I mean, it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, well, he, he certainly brings a perspective, doesn't he? It's, uh, it's fun to listen to. Uh, back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708 403 2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Have a few drinks and, you know, drive home.